0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you've joined me for this episode. If we've never met before, hello, I'm Shannon. I'm a registered nutritionist. I'm now officially an eating disorder recovery coach, and I am here to help you heal your relationship to food. If you haven't checked out the rest of the podcast episodes, please go and do that. We have some really, really great episodes. Some of my favorites include our episode that we had Aoife on. Aoife is an amazing dietitian that we had on to talk about New Year's diets and New Year kind of lifestyle changes. And I also really love the episode we did on binge eating 101. So I will pop both of those episodes in the show notes if you want to listen to them. It's officially February. It's February 1st today. And if you're like me you just got through the longest month ever. January was so long and felt never ending. So I'm so happy for the freshness of a new month. With a new month often comes a little bit of pressure with food, especially if you're someone who's struggling in their relationship to food. It might feel like this is my month to change everything. Or it might feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm now into February and I'm still struggling. Whatever you're feeling, it's completely valid. And just know that for this podcast episode, I'm here with you. I'm in the thick of it with you. And I hope that the podcast today and all the podcast episodes in general are helpful for you. Today we're talking about a topic which I feel like... On the surface, isn't like the biggest, hottest topic, but I think the mindset that goes along with it is something that my clients in clinic talk about a lot. And that is the idea of quote unquote healthy or balanced eating or moderate eating, or sometimes it might be labeled the eight to 20 approach. So in today's episode, I'm gonna give us a bit of an overview of what the eighty twenty approach is, where it came from, how we might see it in our current like culture and in media, we'll talk about if it's helpful or if it's harmful, and then I'll give you a bit of a rundown of my thoughts on this sort of eighty twenty diet slash not a diet diet, and I'll explain what I mean by these kind of terms as well. But I just want to preface this podcast episode by saying that if you do eat in this eighty twenty approach, if that's how you identify, um and that works for you, great. I'm really happy for you. This podcast episode is intended for people who feel like, oh, I just wish I could eat this eighty twenty approach. Um whenever I try to do it, it doesn't work. Remember this podcast episode isn't um, three two one. Remember, this podcast isn't intended for people who have a really healthy relationship to food and are happy with how they're eating and how they behave and feel about food. This podcast is for people struggling in their relationship to food. So if you're someone who does follow the 80-20 approach and you're thinking, oh, you've, you've said so many cons of my approach that, that I love, I invite you just to skip off of this podcast now because it's not going to be for you and that's totally Okay. All right, so without further ado, let's get into the podcast episode, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so let's dive into the eighty twenty approach. So I did a little bit of research, and my research, I really mean I googled eighty <laughs> twenty. Um and what I found is that the eighty twenty approach originates from a book. The author of this book is called Teresa Cutter. She's an Australian. Um, chef fitness trainer and some sort of certified nutritionist and she has this cookbook slash book that was published in 2006 and the title of that book is literally the 80-20 diet book so the the premise of the book is that it apparently unlocks your body's natural potential for fast and healthy weight loss okay let's dive into actually what that means if you're someone who's ever dieted before, and someone who's ever lost weight, I'm going to hazard a guess that that weight has came back on. Because contrary to what Teresa says in her book about unlocking your body's natural potential, bodies do not want to lose weight. Why would they, right? Bodies want you to be as protected as possible. They want you to hold on to extra weight, and you want, they want you to regain the weight that you lost. Um, It doesn't make sense, like biologically, physiologically, or from like an evolutionary perspective. I know that our culture and how we view health in our world does make it seem like thinner um, is better. Um, And I'm really holding that there might be people listening to this who've experienced a lot of harm from others because of the body that they're in. So I'm really holding space for that. But from a from your body's perspective, it's thinking, "Why on earth would I want to lose weight?" So really, there is no natural potential to lose weight fast, you know. Anywho, we need to bear in mind that this was published in two thousand and six, and Teresa does seem to have moved on somewhat. She now she's still producing a whole ton of books, and she seems to go under the name of the Healthy Chef now. And um, I'm I'm not interested in kind of. You know, looking at all of her products and things. but it sounds like she's moved more to like quote unquote, like healthy um recipes and things now. They all seem to be, you know, gluten-free, sugar-free, um which my brain is not a healthy diet, but Teresa seems to think so. So that's kind of where this eighty twenty approach originally originated from. And there's also, you know, other versions of it. So, it seems like around the same time that Teresa's book was published, um, around almost a year later, someone else has come out with a book called the Eighty Ten Ten Diet, and this seems to be some sort of. They claim it's a tremendously successful low-fat, plant-based diet, which, all oh right, turbo charges. <laughs> Turbo-charges your body for unprecedented unprecedented off-the-chart results. Right. These are big claims, right? <laughs> um, and I do not condone any of these books. I don't, like, recommend them. And I I don't want you Googling these books because I don't want your search history um, thinking that you're interested in this kind of thing. But, um, so it seems like someone, you know, took Teresa's idea and, and rolled with it and made an 80-10-10 approach really this is all just to say that there are different versions of this diet and originally it's very clear that the 8020 approach was a diet now let's fast forward to now and and when i say now i really just mean um probably since around probably since around 2015 is probably when i first heard of the 8020 rule or the 8020 approach um Nowadays, the eighty twenty approach, you've probably heard of it as more like a lifestyle rather than a diet. And really, I mean, we're going to talk about if it really is a lifestyle or if it is still a diet throughout this podcast episode. But really the the social media kind of version of the eighty twenty approach really simply means eating nutritious foods eighty percent of the time and then eating like fun foods, the other 20% of the time. And so to me, this just kind of sounds like, like normal, a normal way that someone with a healthy relationship to food probably eats, which isn't to say that they're like measuring and being like, oh, can I eat? I don't know this like, donut, can I eat this donut? Or am I like, Have I already had my 20% fill for the day? That's not how like a normal healthy relationship to food would work. And another key is that when I search the 80-20 approach online or if I search it on Instagram or TikTok, every single search result is about fat loss. It's about um, getting your abs on track. There's a lot of um people who are, you know, body checking and showing off their body. Um tends to be, you know, gym people, um, people wearing, you know, very little clothes, and they're kind of showing off their their body. And oftentimes there's meal plans available, and as is quite common in these like approaches that are quite entrenched in gym culture, it's often, they're often sold by like male fitness coaches and they often claim to be female specialist fat loss coaches or something to that degree. But really these meal plans, well, first of all, you probably know how I feel about meal plans. They're really not a good idea and they're really quite... um they're really not going to last you forever, and they're not—they're not a long-term way to eat. They're really for a specific purpose, and you know, to—to to be fair, on these people who are creating these eighty-twenty meal plans, they don't claim that they're forever, um, but they do claim that eighty-twenty eating is forever. But anyway, from what I've seen about these meal plans, and I haven't bought one because I refuse to spend my money on something like this, but. You know, I've been down the path of looking at free meal plans for the 80-20 approach. And ultimately, this is what I've found. Number one, there's definitely not enough food. Um, we don't really talk specific numbers on this podcast. But from what I've found, the meal plans available are really like, they, they're what I would call low calorie, but... It seems to be in the fitness world, and maybe in maybe in people who are in an environment with people with an unhealthy relationship to food. It sounds like they think it's an appropriate number of calories to eat per day, and I will say that that is probably a little bit in line with the number you might have in your brain for what's a healthy amount of calories per day. It's definitely not what I think is a healthy amount per day. Definitely lower. I'm um, not going to give you specific numbers, but I'll just tell you that it's um, low, but probably not the lowest amount of calories we've seen in things like diets. So they seem to think that it's better. The meal plans that are available, when I look at them, I am not seeing eighty twenty. I am not seeing fun foods in the meal plan. I am seeing a boring, 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 unexciting, unsatisfying day of eating. I'll give you an example. I am seeing, like, protein oats. Then I'm seeing, like, a chicken salad for lunch. And then I'm seeing some sort of, like, fish or this sort of low-carb pasta for dinner. And I'm maybe seeing a couple of snacks scattered in, usually something quite protein-heavy, like a protein bar or a protein shake. Or in some, i seen, you know, some some like fruit, maybe. Where is the 20%? Where is the 20% coming in? When I think of 20% foods, that this is apparently what they're doing, but they're not doing it. I'm thinking donuts, chocolate, crisps, pizza, fried foods. I'm thinking milkshakes. I'm thinking brownies. I'm thinking all the foods that I love. I do love like lots of the 80% foods too. But I'm not seeing any of these 20% foods on their meal plans. I am also not seeing any 20% on the advertisements or the marketing that these people do. Any photo that you see of someone talking about the the 80-20 approach, they're probably like holding a salad or they're probably like drinking a protein shake or something. They're not advertising the 20% that they claim to. Um, and also, there's another thing that kind of irks me about this approach. The people who peddle the 80-20, the 20 approach, they claim that the 80 approach helps you eat mindfully. Okay, we need to talk about this whole mindful eating thing. Mindful eating is a practice that's about connecting you to your food that you're eating and connects you to your body. It's not something that can just be done, like, you know, off the cuff that you've not practiced. So they don't include any, you know, support on how to eat mindfully. They just kind of expect you to do it. And I believe that's because their version of mindful eating is restriction, aka, oh, I'm feeling a little bit full. I'm going to stop eating. Um which we need to be reminded that the people who are peddling the 80-20 approach, they're people who want results and they're, they want like body change. So really, from what I can gather, the eighty twenty approach is for people who are probably people who want to, you know, lose fat, lose weight. They maybe might be someone who is in, um, you know, someone who wants to establish a gym routine, something like this. It's not for people who want to develop a healthy relationship to food. And also, it's not going to help you eat mindfully. And apparently, um, the 8020 20 approach, um, based on websites that I've been on, so I was on an article on women's health, and I was on another article which, I've lost what it was, but it was a- another sort of, you know, magazine or some sort of, maybe it was men's health, like it was just another website. And they claim that apparently, the 8020 20 approach can make your gut health better, it can give you better skin and it can give you better mood well gee sign me up right I have no idea how more restrictive eating will give you those things it's quite it's quite bizarre to me how these claims can be made and obviously there's no references or you know even like antidotes from real life people who have done this approach like there's nothing like that it's just like this is what it will do I'm here to tell you that eating more restrictively will not bring you better gut health. It will not bring you better skin and it will not bring you better mood. What will maybe bring you better gut health, skin, and mood would be like maybe if we're just talking about diet, eating more nutritious foods, drinking more water, um, moving your body more to a certain extent might help with these things, especially gut health, because you know, gut motility. AKA moving is important for gut health. Um, but all of these claims really, it just amounts to me that this is a diet. And really, it just sounds to me like another diet wearing sheep's clothing, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. All right. So, um, another kind of basis that is a problem with the 8020 approach is that it emphasizes finding a balance with eating, but there's no real connection to your body's needs. So if you're someone who's really disconnected from their body, which often people are when they are in the midst of, I need to change my body, I don't like my body, Um, I want it to be different, or I feel out of control with food, I need to change what I'm eating, um, you know, these kind of thoughts that might be happening there's really a disconnect from the body and it's really probably quite impossible to find a balance with food one if you're forcing it which when you're focused on I need to eat 80 20 you're not going to find balance with food you're going to feel probably out of control with it your brain is probably going to be thinking about food a lot and really there's no connection to your needs and they claim that it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, which fine, you can call it what you want to. We know that these people who do this want to change their body. So they're not kind of people who want to heal their relationship to food. Although I have seen claims that the eighty-twenty approach helps heal your relationship to food. Please don't listen to this. It's up. It's crackers. Please don't listen to this. It's absolutely bananas. It's not true. It's not going to help you um but anyway some people claim and I'm going into the kind of pros of the 80-20 approach which you know I'm I'm really I'm really scratching my nails really trying not to talk about the pros but you know I'm going to be honest with you and it does sound like there are some people who do enjoy eating this way and they do claim that it's empowering so I guess that's really great for people to me it kind of sounds like common sense eating it doesn't really sound like you know, these, I guess in in terms of like, how bad a diet could be, it doesn't sound like the worst of the bunch. You know, it's not some sort of very, very, very low calorie diet where you're doing a juice cleanse and, you know, restricting by not eating anything but water, right? It's in the, in the ranking of diets, it's not the worst that a diet could be. So I guess that's a pro. Um, i guess it does make it does make room for foods that you enjoy to a certain extent um but there's definitely a hierarchy of foods going on there's definitely foods that are still on pedestals and also i'm wondering what happens when people you know run out of the 20% for the day or the week or the month you know what are the thoughts that happen in their brain um does that lead to re- rebound eating which rebound eating is like when you've restricted and then you have access to food again. Does it lead to like last supper eating, which is when it's like, oh, after I've eaten this, I'll have had my 20%. So I I can't have any more. And also it's, it's really just ultimately about changing your body and weight, which, you know, ultimately is fine if that's what you want to do. But we need to get out of the mindset that we need to be changing our body and our weight, and ultimately, this eighty twenty approach is not for people with an ED history, anyone with poor body image, anyone who, you know, struggles in their relationship to food. It's not for them. Um, and I'm also, you know, I'm I'm really holding space that the majority of people do in the eighty twenty approach claim that they have a healthy relationship to food but if we did an assessment on them or I could watch them for probably an hour of their day I would be you know using my you know needs needs support stamp so there's also that because um we know that it's not really set in stone but roughly 40 to 75 percent of adults have some level of disordered eating and you know I can almost guarantee that many, many, many people doing this 80-20 approach have disordered eating. All right, so let's have a little bit of a rundown of this 80-20 approach. Okay, I'm going to give you three things about it. Number one, do I think you should do it? Well, it's up to you if you want to eat that way. If it happens naturally, then I think you're probably just someone who eats normal. Um, If it's really forced, then I would argue that you are, you know, struggling in your relationship to food. Number two, um, should you buy one of these meal plans from these coaches who sell these 80-20 approaches? Um, Definitely not. (laughs) Um, If there's anything that you want to do, to let's say you want to eat more of the 80%, which would be like the nutritious foods. I know that you can easily do that without a meal plan from a fitness coach. And I know you know that too. And number three, if not the 80-20 approach, then what? Well, that's for you to decide. You can decide how you want to eat and like why you want to eat. Maybe the 80-20 approach does call to you because maybe you you do have um goals like body goals in your brain that you want to achieve but you're listening to this podcast for a reason so I think that you're fed up of trying to change your body and second guessing what you eat all the time and feeling just ultimately out of control and a bit of a failure around food so I recommend you subscribe to the podcast I recommend you get on our newsletter so we can send you insight into how to have a healthy relationship to food. I recommend that if you are ready to get off of this cycle of dieting, using restrictive eating, going on and off of diets and yo-yo dieting, I recommend you get in touch with us in the clinic so that we can help you. We offer one-to-one support for any relationship to food and we combine, you know, like being nutritionists and dietitians with a really lovely therapeutic approach. And I call that nutrition counselling or nutrition therapy. So you can get in touch with us if you want to inquire about working with us. I will pop the details for private support in a link below and you can see all the details on how to apply. I would really love to know how you felt about this eighty twenty 20 episode. I would be really curious to hear from you. You can get in touch with me on Instagram. We're under ease underscore nutrition therapy or you can send me a quick email. I'll put my email in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast episode today. I hope that you have a really lovely week and I will catch you next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about your 10 starter tips for improving your relationship to food. So if this episode was interesting, make sure you subscribe and I can chat with you next week. Bye-bye.